the growing shortages of physicians in our country, advanced practice providers, or APPs, which are a group comprised of nurse practitioners and physician assistants, have been a major component of helping us with patient access. Yet there's no true residencies or fellowships to transition them from the academic setting into clinical practice. On the next two episodes, we'll address this gap. Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tomas Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizian and Practicing Internist. Today, I'm joined by Kristen Hunt, a leading expert on issues around employment of APPs in the workforce. Kristen, welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be back. It's been a while. So for the audience, got to tell you, Kristen is one of my favorite guests and also one of my favorite people at Vizian. <laughs> You're too kind, Tom. And plus, I say that to all the girls. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at Vizian. Sure. Yeah. So again, thank you for having me today. My name is Kristen Hunt. I am a nurse practitioner. I actually have over 25 years of experience in the healthcare field, which I hate to say, but I do. Currently, I am at Vizient. I am the Associate Vice President of Workforce Consulting, and I really help with team optimization, specifically around advanced practice providers. So I want to level set because this is a discussion that you and I have had several times simply because of some of the misunderstanding, particularly among my physician colleagues. So let's level set. I hear a lot of terms like residency, fellowship, transitions to practice, and I'm looking at it through the eyes of a physician that my first year out of training is called an internship, and I get confused when people try to use terms like residency and fellowship, which are two completely different things. So help us here with the discussion today. What are your thoughts? Sure. Yep. So when you think about the terms residency, fellowships, even transition to practice, they're not specific to just one profession. So nursing uses nurse residencies. I hear that often. Think about pharmacists. There's a pharmacist residency as well. All of these things can mean something different depending on the profession that you're disclosing. So when you're thinking about advanced practice providers, residencies, and fellowships, they have graduated and they have passed their boards. So they are licensed within the state to practice. But typically, it's their first year from that clinical academia into their profession. When you're hearing terms around APP residencies or fellowships, it's usually a structured didactic program. It lasts usually typically over a year. It's very specific to that clinical background that they're going to be focused on. But it's very unique also because, again, it doesn't mean that they necessarily have a set position at the end of it. They can go through the whole year-long program and some have to still go vet a job per se. But today what I'm talking about specifically is what I refer to as a transition to practice. And I specifically use that term transition to practice because I do know of the sensitivity with a lot of my physician colleagues, right? We don't want to cause confusion. We just want to get to the net game of what we're wanting to achieve. And what we're wanting to achieve is really to have a structured supporting environment for these new graduates that are coming in. They need some type of structural program to help them really navigate the healthcare system. If you think about really taking more of a comprehensive dive 
into essential topics that are usually glossed over in a typical orientation, such as coding, documentation, healthcare quality, process improvement. I get that now. And the reason I wanted to have this podcast, because when I was associate chief of medicine in, in my former group, and I actually pushed back when these terms were being used for the program. And one would think that some of this is occurring during the onboarding or orientation, but we're really discussing that for organizations, there's an opportunity towards really more deep dive into these topics. Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) So many of these APPs are overwhelmed and they're experiencing a whirlwind of emotions. So think about a deer in the headlights, right? So they're getting this rapid fire approach often used in a standard one day orientation. It really leads to information overload and poor retention. So they need a structured deeper dive curriculum to really help them get enculturated into the organization. So what's changed? I mean, why do we need to change our approach to APPs? Yeah, so we're facing a significant physician shortage, which is really driving a projected job growth of nurse practitioners by 46% and physician assistants 28% between 2022 and 2031. So these are net new jobs that we are going to be creating for these nurse practitioners and physician assistants. The idea is that they're going to help fill that gap that we're experiencing with our physician shortages. So we're shifting in the provider workforce this rapidly. It's reshaping roles and responsibilities. It's really necessitating a redesign of our care delivery model. These APPs are stepping up into more of those influential leaders alongside their physician colleagues and really playing a crucial role in the organizational success. So to effectively address the physician shortage with the solution of advanced practice providers, it's essential that they are well prepared for their roles. So that means organizations need to invest in the APP workforce and provide them with the skills and knowledge to navigate the administrative responsibilities and regulatory components of their role that they don't always necessarily obtain in their clinical academic setting. So these programs essentially address the business side of healthcare, really fostering early leadership development and providing that structural framework for learning and professional growth as they transition into the workforce. Now, thou I get, because I actually think it's a deficiency among physicians as well. So I just want to clarify the transitions to practice programs that you're referencing. They're not specific to clinical knowledge but more structured towards the professional development of the APP to the operational needs, if you will, of healthcare? Absolutely. That is a very fair assessment on what you said there. This period is crucial for APPs, and it's vital to provide that support for a successful transition. So it's an opportunity to integrate the APPs as new team members, and they're really going to be well-equipped and prepared to lead the teams and really help shepherd the organizational's mission and vision. And so maintaining that constant approach for all APPs is going to be key. It is a lot, but it really speaks volume when organizations invest in their provider workforce. 
This is not a burden, but this is an opportunity to create better teams while meeting the needs of the patients. The initiatives can set the stage to improve the overall culture of the organization. This program essentially enculturates the APPs, aligning them with the organizational goals. It's introducing key aspects required for the healthcare organization to succeed in the future. It's really helping connect all the dots, getting everyone speaking the same language, right? And so once these programs are started, it becomes the norm. It creates a seamless system-wide approach, integrating their APPs into the care delivery model, and it's just repeatable, and it's just part of the norm. So you don't really feel that burden. The real question is, how can organizations afford not to invest? This is poising them to become members of the, the healthcare team and really speak the organizational culture and vision that they're trying to achieve. It's poising them to be the number one recruiter and retention strategy. If you think about turnover and if you think about what's going to drive recruitment of these APPs, they're going to be looking for those organizations that are going to be structured and support them as they transition. Kristen, great insights. And next episode, we'll continue our discussion. And to our listeners, you can contact Kristen at her email address in the resource section of our podcast page. Or if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice, or simply want to send me your comments, please contact me at our email, modernpracticepodcast at busyinc.com. We posted a link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. And now, I'm Dr. Tomas Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening.